0: Welcome to episode 16 of the Busy Pastor Podcast. My name is Greg Gibson. I'm here with my co-host Trent Stewart, the lead pastor at Photos Church. Today, we are talking about being busy with our finances. All right, episode sixteen of the Busy Pastor podcast. Man, it's been a great journey up to this point. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so thankful for everyone who's continued to listen on multiple platforms, uh, watching uh, the Busy Pastor videos on YouTube. There's many ways to connect with the Busy Pastor. You can connect with our community by going to busypastor.org, signing up for more resources. And uh, today in this episode, Trent. We're talking about being busy in our finances, so stewarding mm-hmm. our finances well. Yeah, but let's talk about what we're not trying to do first.
1: Yeah, because this is a tricky subject. Sure, I mean we can't give a you know an in depth theology of money here, and we're not going to dive into the prosperity gospel right. versus the poverty gospel. Um, <clears throat> We're not going to be diving into like materialism in your heart right now. Yeah. Uh, We're going to, we're going to hit some practical points today and uh, some practical applications for how you can really be busy stewarding your money and finance as well. Um, None of us got into ministry for the money. If you did. Yeah. Yeah, jokes on you, man. Jokes on you, bro. <laughs> but we still need to know how to manage it well and what if you do some things where God actually does bless? How that's do you right. how do you how do you manage that? And so that's really what we want to talk about. In my experience, most pastors are not
0: good with money. They're not right. good with managing money. You don't go to seminary and say, "Here's here's your, you know, your three finance classes, finance 101, 201, 301. Here's, yeah. you know, here's all the things that you've got to do." You
1: know, now with
0: how to fundraise. I mean it's yeah.
1: unless you unless you came from a family that had money, you watched your parents, you right. know, and they taught you well, or maybe you got a finance degree, a business degree, accounting degree, before something seminary. like that before seminary. Or maybe you were in the business world and then God called you into ministry. Outside of those things, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, where do you where do you learn that? Where do you how learn do you, it? how do you how do you do it
0: well? And so, yeah, so I think this is an important conversation for us. And I think just like the last two episodes, when we talked about family, specifically in regards to marriage and parenting, we could do a whole month-long you know, long episodes on that. Mm-hmm. We could do we, we will multiple episodes. Yeah, we will. We can do multiple episodes on how to steward our finances. And so today is really just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, but we, we want to get you thinking about how to steward your money well, uh, because... Let's talk about why, yeah. right? Why, why do we want to do
1: that? Well, God tells us to, um, yep. when we look at scripture, Jesus talked about, uh, money way more than he talked about other things. I, I, You've probably used this in one of your sermons, but he talked about belief in 272 verses. He talked about prayer in 271 verses. He talks about love in 714 verses, and then he talks about money and generosity, 2,162 verses. Wow! So it's important. It obviously is an issue. We all need to (laughs) do it better. We don't just naturally know how to do this, and so obviously I think it's
0: important. More than more than all those, more than belief, prayer, and love combined yeah jesus talked about money and uh and i think you know it's it's not only um in my experience where pastors don't know how to deal with it or handle it or steward it it's a it's a messy gray area too Mm -hmm. and so so how to talk about it in a healthy way Mm -hmm. how to disciple your church to think about it in a healthy way yeah so so where do we see jesus talk about this in scripture
1: several places um just want to encourage you to read Luke chapter 16. Uh, Jesus tells a parable there right. about uh, a manager, and um, he gets down into verse 10 as he begins to explain the, the, the meaning of the parable, and Jesus says, "'Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much.'" And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Hmm. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Man, and that's a very startling couple of verses there. Yeah, and I think it the implications for us as pastors are are extremely you know heavy. Hmm. And so I think what we learn in this, uh, you know, in the scripture specifically in this parable is that. Obviously, God owns everything. That's right. Right? We're managers of that. That means that we're accountable to what God has given to us. And so, if I'm a manager of my time, my talent, and yes, my treasures, yes, yes, the finances that God has given to me, that means that one day Jesus is going to hold me accountable to that. Um, he wants us to understand that we are stewards. And so a steward, and when I was growing up, my last name is Stewart, obviously, right? So <laughs> my dad would talk about stewardship. And I'm like, why is he talking about being a steward? I think, you know, that's our family. Why is he talking <laughs> about our family like that? No, with a D, that means that you you are taking care of things that belong to other people um, and so or to someone else, and so the act of watching over someone else's stuff and so that's helpful for us to constantly remind ourselves that we're not the the owner of this you know we're only managers of it um, what what God has given us doesn't belong to us so we 've got to manage it well that means that we're going to be held accountable to this and so the problem here is where you know we, we fall into this we don 't know essentially how to manage financial uh, burdens and budgets, and we 're not great at thinking long term about college and you know unexpected bills and and family needs, uh, pastors and their spouses you know we all often feel pressure to look like we have all that together, and then when we don't. People use it as a weapon Mm. against us. And so Mm. that becomes a very tense issue, um, I think, in the lives of pastors. We have a hard time... Uh, sometimes buying something nice for ourselves or for our wife because we feel like we have to justify it, you know, to other people, the the personal purchases or expenses. You know, we went on a vacation and you find yourself saying, well, we only we, we got a really good deal or somebody let us, you know, use their place, or, you know, you buy a car and it's like, well, we, you know, the guy, you know, knows us and he gave us this. We're constantly justifying it. Right. How do we do that? Yeah, why do we feel that that tension to justify? And I think it's obvious, you know, a lot of different reasons. Um sometimes we have, you know, made mistakes and so there's credit card debt, mm-hmm. right? And and then maybe there are student loans when you when you uh got married that you didn't know your spouse had and now you've got these student loans. You know, we don't think Really about retirement. How do we prepare financially for the future? You know, you know, we we've got the maybe you've got the annuity board or you know, guidestone or maybe you've got a four hundred one k. But outside of that, what else? What else do pastors do? Um, Which means you know we we have a lot of concern financially and where there's a lot of tension financially. Um, But if we're not doing any of that well, if we don't know how to do that, if we're not even... Maybe we're not even giving to our church. Now, all of a sudden, we tend not to preach about those things. Yeah. We don't preach about generosity or stewardship, uh, typically because we don't tend to preach about things that we ourselves aren't good at. Mm. And so if you can't stand from the, the, the stage, the pulpit, and preach on generosity and money why have we allowed that tension in our life to develop maybe it's because we're not doing it well and um, we've got to get a hold of that because our people need to need to know what the biblical way of managing resources looks like so
0: one of the things that i i love about this conversation which you mentioned a moment ago is is yes you know god calls us to steward yeah these things and mm-hmm. stewardship, you know, as we have defined it right now, is just managing what has been given to us. So, stewarding something or watching something on someone else's behalf, and we yeah. really pulled this out of Luke chapter sixteen. Also, I love the parable of the talents mm. in Matthew twenty-five. Yeah where Jesus begins to add to this conversation and add to this definition of stewardship. So we have these three guys, right, in in this parable um, that work for their master. Uh, the, the first one takes five talents and turns it into five. The mm-hmm. second one takes two and turns it into four. But the third one, you know, buries it in the field. Mm-hmm. And, and what's praised by the master is the guy who turns the... Um, the, the little into more, yeah right and, mm-hmm. and and i think I think when we think about money and stewardship, I love this definition mm. from this story that Jesus gives us because stewardship yes is is taking care of what has been given to us, but then also having the ability and wherewithal yeah. to turn it into more yeah. and i I love. You know what Proverbs says about this, the prudence who leaves a financial legacy for his children's children. Mm -hmm. And if we think about this in stages, one, pastors have to get good at just managing what Mm -hmm. what they've been given, Mm -hmm. and then they have to get good. We have to get good. At turning it into more, right. not just for our family, but for
1: our churches as well. Absolutely, and and that goes back to you know this idea of what Jesus says: if you're not trustworthy in little, how how can you be um, expected? To handle more. Mm. And so no matter how much we have, no matter what God has blessed us with, we want to be found trustworthy in, in dealing with the worldly wealth that he gives to us so that he can entrust to us true riches. And so in order to do that, you know, we've got to begin to learn and grow in these areas because we, we're going to need mentors. We're going to have to read books. That's right. We're going to have to pray through this. We're going to have trial and error. You're going to invest in some things and do some things that probably, you know, don't pan out and where you, you know, you get burnt. Um, there's there, you know, maybe some guys, maybe we, we start here, like there are some guys who are in some heavy debt. I mean, statistically, Americans Mm. are $8,000 in credit card debt. You know, maybe you've got student loans. How can we help guys overcome that debt and start moving? Now, obviously, turn to Dave Ramsey. He can help you get out of debt. But I think at the very least, what I would hope that you would do is get to this, I think, an overarching goal of you would give 10% to God, give 10% Mm -hmm. to your church. You would save 10%. And then you would begin to live off the rest, right? And I think if, if especially if you're At the a, very
0: foundation, the
1: very foundation, yeah. Like if you're a young pastor getting into ministry, like start now with that philosophy, and you'll save yourself a lot of trouble in the future. Uh, if you do have credit card debt, um, I think you know some practical things. Call your credit card company today and say, "Hey, um, can you lower the APR?" Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, they'll take that whatever uh, high percentage you you have. And they'll lower it, and boom—you've just saved some money. Um, if you haven't done this, tell your uh, accountant at your church when you direct deposit. Hopefully, you're getting direct deposits by now. But you know, direct deposit, your your. Um, income every week, take a certain percentage and put it directly into your savings account Yes, so that you don't even touch it. It's not even in your account. You don't mm. see it there. That way, you can begin to automate it mm-hmm. so that you, know, you don't have the tension of trying to spend it and, and you're, you're you know, automating it. And so these are just practical things. Yeah, the debt snowball, maybe that's one thing you got to do take that the lowest uh, debt and knock it out and then kind of grow from there. Um, but overall, we want to get to a point to where we're actually being good managers of what God has given to us,
0: yeah. So, so to go back to that, at the very least, if we have debt right now, credit card debt, we want to tackle that, mm-hmm. we want to steward what we've been given. And, um, and, and Dave Ramsey, like you said, is a, is a at the very baseline, foundational, yeah. a great place to start and mm-hmm. how to manage debts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say this, and I, I, I think maybe there's some room for this conversation, Trent, as well, is is thinking about the legacy that you want to leave. So mm-hmm. beginning to think about planning ahead. Yeah. So so I think probably a lot of pastors listening, yeah, they've got a budget. Yeah, they give to their church. Yeah, they're probably saving but we recently just went through uh the story of Ruth mm-hmm. like back last fall mm-hmm. and i love the story of of Boaz mm-hmm. right and 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 Boaz is is a is a business guy yes but if you remember um and, and this is one of one of my one of my favorite stories in the old testament but he has he has room in his life to care for people mm-hmm. and and i think i think pastors, we are leaders. Mm-hmm. So we want to be busy with the right things. That's the purpose of this podcast. And so if we, if we are seen in a specific light and we're working to be healthy as a leader, we're also working to be healthy with our finances and have a goal where we're one day creating room to also be able to do the things like Boaz did. So if you remember, he, he leaves the margins of his field for the marginalized, mm-hmm. so the poor the homeless, the oppressed, they're gleaning from his field. Mm-hmm. And he has the bandwidth and margin to care for Ruth and Naomi. Yes. So so I I I don't know about you, but I I long to be that type of man, pastor, and leader. Yeah. Where I've got the bandwidth, not just within my time and schedule, but bandwidth in my resources when God presents opportunities to use the things that he's given me for the good of other people. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do that well. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be able to do that uh, with an open hand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The scripture calls Boaz a worthy man. Worthy
0: man. And oh, I love that. I just yeah. Wanna,
1: yeah. You want to lean into that. He he is a obviously a righteous man. He mm. was also a wealthy man, uh, but you see him taking care of other people That's and, right. and Had he not been a faithful steward caring for his business, maybe God doesn't use him Maybe God uses someone else. He misses the blessing. He misses the opportunity, you know, to um, experience this uh, grand story with Ruth and being in the lineage and line of uh, the Messiah. And so, absolutely, how do we create margin? How do you create margin? Well, I think obviously we can't spend more than we make. That's right. <laughs> if <laughs> and, we're always playing catch up, we will never have margin yeah. in our life to do those types of things. You, you cannot. So you you've got to have margin you've got to live within your means and that's like number 1 like we just have to live within our means and and we have to you know be content with with what god has given to us and then at the same time um you know pastors sometimes put themselves in a box um like this is the only thing i can do right um, but what we've seen over the last several years are what people are calling side hustles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and absolutely. So I don't know very many people that just have one job. Especially during COVID, they have their job, but they're also doing a couple other things. And they're, you know, people have their hands in, in multiple revenue streams. And so I've seen a lot of pastors do that as well. And so whether that is their writing ministry, their speaking ministry, you know, they're writing books, they're speaking at other places, you know, they're involved in. In their denomination and so there's you know there's different incomes that are coming in that God can use and and when that happens we have to be good and faithful stewards with them when they come yeah and I, I and so I that's that's one
0: question that I want to talk about here because i I think probably a lot of pastors listening um are saying that right they're yeah. saying yeah i I'm doing these things at the very least again if you're not start there don't play catch up let's live within our means and let's let's give well and and then create margin um but they're probably also thinking about the side hustle a little bit Mm -hmm. you know and and so
1: man quick question is it wrong to have a side hustle that's a great question um i think you know the terminology might be new but pastors have been doing this for you know a a long time a long time I, i think as long as it doesn't interfere with your duties as as a pastor of a church you know what you do on your own time um i think is god can use and so a lot of times you know whether it's a sermon you write that you know you preached and somebody wants to have you at their church or at their conference or whatever guys do that all the time they've been doing that for a long time and yeah they get paid to do that Good for them, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, musicians they write music and uh, they they you know stream their music and they're getting you know paid to do that, all, all you know, and so that that's been going on for years, and so you know, today there are just multiple ways for pastors to use their giftedness and and to use really the the talents that god has given to them to to be able to do multiple different things and and you know we see this in the new testament as well paul was a tent maker that's right and uh he made tents so uh he got paid to do that and he was in ministry and um the church was you know giving him funds to give to other churches he was raising funds and so you know this is part of you know what we see in the new testament so is it wrong of course not it 's not wrong I think if if a guy is is doing too much in one area that he's neglecting his pastoral duties, then that's where I think the gray area is I think that's where the problem uh, would 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 come in, yeah, like you said, I think it all depends on the the motives
0: of someone 's heart, yeah um, and then their ability to steward their own time and schedule yeah and, and lead themselves in that way, and like you said, we don't want it to take away from ministry priorities we want to still continue to 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 lead in our signature ministries well if you go Mm -hmm. back and listen to the signature ministries of a pastor episode um where we talk about even how to be busy in in those right areas Mm -hmm. but when it comes to when it comes to these side hustles yeah i mean the apostle paul did this to fund his ministry partnered with churches to Mm -hmm. fund his ministry and i think what's unique about pastors um and And i'll say this before i say what's unique about pastors there's probably a lot of pastors listening who are already doing this Mm -hmm. and and it's because they have to yeah they're bivocational or or i've seen this term Mm co-vocational pastors co-vocational church planting being thrown around a lot where Mm -hmm. you are working kind of a marketplace job or nine to five and trying to bootstrap a church plant Mm -hmm. into existence man keep going. going, Like we are in your corner. (laughs) You know, you keep doing what you are doing and we are behind you. Um, yeah, but I think there's, there's an amazing thing about pastors, right? Is that we are, uh, we, we have an ability because we are leaders and because we think strategically, um, we have the ability to kind of cross, Uh, different industries. And so I I think there's even a conversation to say, okay, if you are developing side hustles and you're doing it in the right way, maybe it's not through your writing and speaking ministry, but you have an ability as a leader to solve problems, or you have an ability to get people excited about this thing Mm -hmm. or, or to connect people and however you use that Right.
1: Yeah, you may have a skill that you know the community needs. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, if you're if you're an electrician or you're a plumber, or you know, you can, you can flip houses. I mean, that that's a skill set right. in and of itself, and so um, those things can be used. And exactly, and, uh, what what's helpful for me in terms of this is is like when I'm involved in things like that. Um, it puts me in an incredibly different environment. Now, all of a sudden I'm around people in the community that have never gone to church, that don't even know I'm a pastor. And so it gives me a whole nother vein of ministry to like operate in. Whereas if I'm only in the walls of this building, you know, every single day, every hour of my life, all I'm around is Christians all the time. And so things like that help me get outside. But, you know, a thing that I think is also important for us as pastors to start thinking about is we are in a unique time in history. Think mm. about you know, where we're at ever since really you know, post-industrial revolution yes. uh, to where we're at. In the history of the church, it's never been like this for pastors where we can live a you know, relatively middle-class lifestyle mm-hmm. and only be a pastor. yes. I mean, you think about that. That's never been true in the history of the church. And it's never been, it's not true right now outside of America. Maybe in some other first world, um, you you can do that. But it's very unique that we can get paid by a church, live a middle-class lifestyle right now in America. And as our country begins to shift and change and move in a more secular way, how long is this gonna last, Greg? I mean, how yeah. long is it going to be that that this is true? And and you know, if the next generation or maybe the next generation after that is is it not going to be called a side hustle? It's going to be called life. Like yeah. if you want to be a pastor, you're going to have to have a, a full paying job that then allows you to preach and be in ministry. I don't know if we're far from that,
0: right? And so, which is all the more. Important, you know, importance for this conversation yeah, to be had right now. Exactly. So, as as pastors, we want to be busy with the right things. That means we want to be busy with our finances. We don't want ministry and finances to to be messy. We want to manage and steward them well. Uh, we want to teach our church to think about finances and stewardship well. And hopefully, um, as we talked about a moment ago, we can leave a financial legacy not just for our children, but for our children's children. As we close today's episode, we want to invite you to do a few things. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Busy Pastor. And secondly, if you like today's episode, subscribe to The Busy Pastor and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. For more resources, join the Busy Pastor community by going to busypastor.org. Next week, we are talking about being busy in our sex life. Until then, let's be busy with the right things.